Welcome, friends, to the Sailing Legends podcast. This is Diane Allen, your host. Today, I have a guest for you from St. Petersburg, Florida, the sailing capital of the world. And this gentleman has a great sense of humor. He's been sailing for a really long time. But the most important thing that I really love about him is his passion for the sport. Because see, in sailing, we have lots of lessons and lore and legacy and just a lot of fun. Even in the craziness, there's fun. So you're going to enjoy the stories that I don't even know what we're going to hear about yet from my new friend, Richie Mahoney, who's in St. Petersburg, my hometown, and we're going to have some good sailing time. So get some coffee or tea or grab yourself a nice adult beverage and sit back and listen to some lessons from Richie about the sea. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Diane. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting because I love sailing stories myself. And I want to start off with asking you, tell us how you got into sailing. Like, how did you learn it? Or did it always happen? Like, I was born into it. So I don't remember not knowing how to sail. But how did it happen for you? It, it, almost the same way. I started sailing on the mountain lakes of Northeast Tennessee at the ripe old age of four. And uh, my parents had, uh, has, had houseboats up there. And, and of course, you know, there's not a whole lot for a kid to do except, you know, get into trouble and start sinking things and figuring out, you know, you know what else to do next whenever they run around the houseboat dock. So my parents thought it'd be in the best interest. They said, all right, you know, a little rambunctious smart ass, we're going to strap a life jacket on you and, and put you in this little sailboat and see how you do. And so, so at first I was kind of, you know, moving my way around and, and just kind of figuring out, first learned how to scull the boat with the, with the tiller and the rudder and was able to, you know, move about. And then I was finally able to, you know, put the sails up and, oh my gosh, you know, one thing led to another and I'm sailing. And so they said, okay, now that you have the sail up, you can go, you know, go, but you can't go past this tree or this little marker, just stay in the back little cove area. And so I'd stay within my boundaries and kept on playing around, not really knowing exactly what I was doing but I knew that I was you know I was making the boat go and I was you know learning you know how to go faster or how to manipulate the wind and so on and so forth and so as I grew you know, grew older of course quickly grew out of the little little snark you know, styrofoam snark sailboat and uh, my parents saw that it's like okay well he's really getting into this time for something a little bit bigger so by the time I was 10 years old I had uh, found a little 12-foot wooden sailboat you know, with a sloop rig with a uh, with a jib and a uh, mainsail, you know, two sails, and so I was doing the same thing. My my restricted area had been you know, vastly expanded, of course, so I was able to go you know, had about a half a mile to work with to play with, and so <laughs> so you know one thing led to another, and so the, you know, so as a, you know, a few years later, I you know. Said, okay, well, I need, I want something a little bit faster. So, you know, by the time I was uh, 13 years old, had a, a single handing a Hobie 16. And I still, you know, at 42 years old, I still have that same Hobie 16 that I had when I was, you know, when I was a young kid. And one thing has led to another, and sailing has always been a part of my life. And so, as I, you know, went on to college, I sailed on the, uh, uh, the sailing team for the University of Tennessee. I went on to, uh, uh, I went on to professional racing, but the whole thing is, is there's, you know, if you're a guy like me growing up in the mountains in Northeast Tennessee, there's not a whole lot of opportunities up there. And so I, you know, once I you know, 
turned 21. Uh, that's when I got my first captain's license, started off with a, uh, with a hundred ton master and ended up opening my uh, first uh, first sailing uh, charter business. And, and that was the first sailing charter business it was in Florida? It was actually in Jackson, Mississippi of all places. Wow. Exactly. Jackson, Mississippi. Exactly. It's amazing how, you know, life leads you around. And so I had this, you know, had this, you know, this concept. And so I was like, you know, I want to offer a great opportunity for people to come out and, you know, and go sailing. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, there in Jackson, it, you know, it was short lived, but, it, you know, really got a good taste of what it was to and how much fun it was to give people this opportunity to come out, never have been on a sailboat before to see what it's all about and have, you know, the first hand, be able, you know, in, in a nice environment, be able to, you know, show them and you know have the hands on without the pressures of racing or a club atmosphere or anything like that to see what it's about and so those same concepts transcended today to when i opened up sunco sailing over in uh treasure island florida and the same thing the same you know the same thing holds true you know bringing people out that otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity to see what the activity and the sport is all about Oh, that's, that's really exciting. So you're an ambassador from the very beginning, a little snark boat. You had no idea what was coming, right? <laughs> had no idea. I had no idea. I was just, I looked at it. I was like, this is such a, you know, it's been such an influence on my life. And it's such a great influence. You know, it's taking people out and seeing their first, that initial reaction say, wow, there's an entire world that's out there that they otherwise would not have had an opportunity to see or experience. Right. That's, that's hilarious. My brother and I learned how to sail in a similar way, but it was on a, on an old wooden pram. And it was like, here's the cove in Sarasota, off our friend's <laughs> houseboat. And this is you, this is your region here and right. figure it out, you know, and uh, he did much better at it than I did at first. And then I caught up to him a little and we've, we've always been kind of real equal as far as our skill set. But <laughs> I, I was reminiscing on this is the cove and my mom being all nervous and the, old salt guy who gave us, you know, had the boat, just his name was Bernie Dixon. He said, Oh, don't worry about them. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. And yeah, strap and a life I, jacket on them. They'll be just fine. They'll, they'll be, be fine. Yeah, they'll float. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't fly today in today's world, but I'm glad Unfortunately, we it that way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. That's hilarious. So, and it's funny cause I sailed um, on the university of Florida racing team and started their women's sailing team. So that's cool that you sailed university sailing yes. as well. Yes. Um, there's something about sailing on the university level that is just fun in a different way. Yes. So what would you say a highlight of that time period was for you? Well, at that time, it was, it was a lot of fun just because you got to interact with uh, so many folks with such different skill sets. And, and they're from all over, you know, all over the place. I mean, some of the times we, you know, we, sail over in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and it's a totally different, you know, mindset. I mean, those, those guys took that stuff seriously. We took it seriously too, but we're a bunch of, you know, a bunch of guys from, you know, Northeast Tennessee, and it's a totally different type of, you know, seriousness. <laughs> but we you know, still had fun. And, we, and nice, thing, nice thing was, is there's so much camaraderie and, you know, from the uh, competition side of sailing there's so much support you know within the sailing community you know for each other everyone likes to see you know not only uh, people getting better but you know being safe about it as well and everyone of course you know you know likes to share their own tips and tricks and everything that they find out as well <laughs> right yes and so you've sailed on lakes and you've also sailed in open water yes do you have a, you have a preference 
Uh, of course, I like the open water. Uh, when I first moved to St. Petersburg in, in 2000, uh, I'd left you know, Jackson, Mississippi and had a, was sailing on a Hunter 34. And that was my primary domicile. And I was, I was like fed up with college. And I said, okay, it's time to go cruising. Let's go, you know, let's go see the world. So, you know, left out of Biloxi, Mississippi, sailed down to St. Petersburg, showed up. I was like, wow, this is a cool place. I really had no idea that this was even here. So I hung out here for a while. And I was like, well, you know, okay. So I've, you know, kind of poked around, seen what all was around. It's time to, you know, go see a little bit more. And so I took that Hunter 34 and, you know, banged left out of, uh, out of Passagorilla Channel, headed south towards the Keys. And from there, jumped over over to uh, Bimini in the Bahamas, went through the Bahamas, uh, Turks and Caicos, all the way down to the British Virgin Islands and continued on south over the course of about two years and ended up all the, uh, you know, all the way down in Tortola, hung out there for a better part of the year and then realized, wow, I'm running out of money. So it's time to start sailing back. <laughs> Started sailing back, but the neat thing was over that year and a half, I was able to really, you know, not only hone the skills, but also learn a lot more about, you know, the self-reliance and seamanship that, you know, it's required of a full-time cruising sailor. And is and 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 there's you know no school or anything that's even available to this day that really prepares anybody to go out and go cruising on a, on a full-time basis. And there's so many classes that are available for either through U.S. Sailing or ASA, American Sailing Association, but none of those, and they're all geared towards getting folks certified to charter a boat and kind of get, you know, get their feet wet on their own terms on, on a charter boat down in the islands. But they still have that support system and the charter company that they're renting the boats from, but nobody really... It's just time in order to figure out, all right, so what if I'm going to do this on my own? What if I'm going to go cruising with my own equipment? I, all of a sudden, I don't have that support system. And so those are things, those are skills that you have to learn. Out there, you're the diesel mechanic. You're the electrician. You're the plumber. All of a sudden, it's the real world. It's not SeaWorld anymore. And you're out there, left your own devices. And all you have to do, all you have is, you know, what you've brought on board. So was there ever a time that you regretted going out past a grill and banging a left? Going yes. <laughs> yes. There's so many times. There's, you know, as we like to say, you know, you know, say around here, embrace the suck of sailing because there are a lot of times that it's not comfortable at all. There are times where you, you know, kick yourself hours and hours on end. You know, why did I do this? But all in all, you you know you look back on those wonderful memories. You're like, once you get through a you know horrible storm or a horrible blow, and you think the boat's gonna fall apart, you know right up right from underneath you, and you're just, you know it's three o'clock in the morning. You're you know so sleep deprived. You just want to you know go to sleep. You know, want it all to be over. But the next day, it's a beautiful morning. Sun comes up. You got a nice little breeze. You're clipping along at five and a half knots. Got the dolphins riding up on the bow wave, and all of a sudden, it's you know, it's, you know, it's a completely different world. And those are the moments that you really, you know, you're, you're one with nature. You're one feeling the wind in the sails. You're feeling the boat underneath you, and it's an absolute wonderful feeling. So even with like the crazy storms, where okay, if this boat does not fall apart, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> which have a few of those. Um, I was racing one time on a boat and it started falling apart and we saved it from falling apart and got it in safely. And the owner went, you should have let it fall apart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my word, everybody. Um, but then when the sun comes up and yes. everything seems to settle and, and the, the beauty regains itself, you know, I think the storms have their own beauty, but it doesn't feel beautiful all the time. What would you say is, give us an experience, walk us through like a night that you were out as the sun came up and how did it feel? And what did you notice? Like if we were going to put words to it and paint a picture of that beauty that just it is, really strikes you, because I can tell it's in your veins, just talking it to you. <laughs> it really is. I was doing, doing a trip with a, uh, a good friend of mine one time, and you know, we knew we were on the edge of a, uh, one of those brutal Gulf of Mexico cold, cold fronts coming through. We we're actually uh, sailing down, uh, sailing here, going straight through from uh, Mobile, Alabama. We're on a uh, on a little Beneteau, uh, uh, Oceanus uh, uh, three uh, uh, three seven five. You know, very comfortable boat, but you know we had you know forty knot winds that started kicking up. You know we're trying to outrun this cold front, and and so you just feel the cold air that's on you. You feel the darkness that's all around you, and and the waves crashing behind the boat and it's just the eeriest feeling ever because you really can't see you know anything that's going on around you your your hearing is hypersensitive because you can't see anything and Mm -hmm. so every little you know motion a wave you think something's you know something's going to happen and at at, you know just when you think you've had enough you kind of look over and see the moon coming up but it looks like devil horns coming out of the sea at you and it's just bright blood red. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is it. And it just keeps getting rougher and rougher and rougher. And by the next morning, you feel like, okay, you know, you start seeing a little bit of light off to, you know, off on the horizon towards the east. And you start, you know, feeling those, you know, big swells. All of a sudden they start subsiding a little bit at a time. And you know, that, you know, once that sun comes up, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And, you know, look around as, as the, the light, you know, continues to glow on the horizon, you know, that sun coming up, you feel a little bit of, you know, the warmth coming in that, you know, you got another day ahead and, you know, you're still intact. You're still safe. Everything in the boat, you keep keeping all the air inside the boat. You kept all the water outside, which you achieved goal number one right there. And you got, you know, you got everybody still on board, which is, you know, just as important. But it's that, as that sun comes up, the wind starts laying down, the seas start laying down, then it's just an absolutely beautiful moment. Oh, yes. I love it. I love yeah. moon rises over the open water. <laughs> oh, I do too. I do too. Oh, I just, I love them. I remember one time we were racing to Key West and the moon was rising and it was a crescent moon. It was about 2.30 or 3 in the morning and I was steering and I had only one other person was awake with me and, and it was just one of those pristine nights it was beautiful and I wasn't aware that the moon was rising I didn't think about it one way or the other and I look over and I see what looked like another boat another sailboat like a jib trimmed and I'm like that's the wrong point of sail it's a little big that doesn't make sense but okay maybe I'm seeing things and then next thing I realized I'm like that's the moon it was so (laughs) beautiful that I I had to really pay attention to keeping the boat going fast for the race that I was racing but I really wanted to look at the moon. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, been so, and that's one of the weird things. Whenever you're out there at night, you're, you know, you're, you know, your mind starts playing tricks on you. And, uh, 
because there's one time yeah i could yeah i could have sworn yeah there was a mountain range but yeah you know for whatever reason i was like there's a mountain range it just feels like there's a mountain range and i was like no there's yeah two thousand miles of water that's all over there there ain't no mountain range over there richie it's it's just it's clouds and your mind's playing tricks on you whenever you start you know focusing you know focusing in uh, you become aware of stuff like that and how you know how your mind can play tricks on you then you start you know, do a better job of practicing and you know, of uh, filtering out all that all that other information right and that's one of the skills of people like you and i and a lot of us who've been on the water for years and years and years and years we learn the value of self-reliance depending on ourselves being able to sort out and critically think what's really going on and and how does problem solve by the seat of our pants quickly yes absolutely so is there ever a time where you had to like solve a problem very fast Oh yes, there have been lots. <laughs> I've had you know lots. That of one. Those. Tell me that story that made you laugh. I want to hear that. Oh one. my gosh, uh, it was it's one of these yeah uh, you know just one of those one of those things you know weird wild things that happened. I had you know, I had been uh, uh, been on a trip. I've got a uh, right now. I have a Whitby forty two. She's a center cockpit catch, and I single hand that boat you know, all the time. Been all over the place in that boat, and uh, you know, she's a very very comfortable boat. Uh, and so the davits on the back of the boat, I had had my dinghy pulled up, and uh, it wasn't you know too rough to you know, to need the dinghy on deck. And so I'm just like, oh, we're, you know, I'm just making a you know few hundred mile run, yeah, you know, no big deal. Dinghy's on the back, and one of the um, s- suspension lines for the dinghy had snapped, and so I'm trailing with the dinghy. It's sideways, hanging on, half hanging off the back of the boat. And here I am all by myself and it's about four o'clock in the morning. And so I'm just like, like, well, you know, you know, a couple of things. And I was like, A, am I going to lose a dinghy? B, you know, what's going to happen to the equipment and all that stuff that, you know, you know, that, that was back there. You know, is there any way I could retrieve it? And so anytime I'm sailing, I'm uh, always, you know, harnessed in, you know, by my, whenever I'm by myself, I'm always harnessed in onto the boat with, you know, with, with a personal flotation device. And, uh, so, I mean, it's not too incredibly rough out, maybe, you know, you know, you know, maybe about four foot swells out, but still is enough that, you know, something really could go wrong pretty darn quick. And here I am all by myself. And so I set the boat up to heave to, and so I'm just stalled right there and, uh, end up, you know, have to cut away, you know, attach a painter to the a new painter to the dinghy, and attach it, uh, cut away all the uh, all the lifting lines and all that stuff. And so I had gotten into the dinghy, and of course, you know, boats heat too. And I'd gotten into the dinghy and cut the you know cut the final lifting line loose. And you know, I'm there. I'm like, finally, the dinghy's down in the water. I'm all proud of myself. And I looked up and had forgotten to tie the painter off to the boat. <laughs> no you didn't so so luckily the boat you know like i said the boat was heaved too so she's just stalled there in the water but i'm blown getting blown pretty quick in the dinghy i had lost one oar and so i'm paddling myself back you know back to the boat as fast as i can with my one paddle and if you ever you know, ever tried to paddle an inflatable dinghy you know it's you know it's pretty difficult mm-hmm. and so yeah 
yeah, especially four o'clock in the morning when four foot seas. Four foot seas, four o'clock in the morning, trying to get to fishing for a boat, Right. And so I'm like, yeah, I did one. Yeah, you know, as, you know, as soon as I snapped it really quick, I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. So, so I you know, get going. And so I, you know, you know, stroke really hard and I, you know, I grab up, you know, the nice big heavy painter line. And so I'd go sling it up, you know, sling it up on the, uh, the stern rail on the boat and still not enough. And I just kind of, you know, I was like, well, if I can get this line to wrap itself around the stern rail, just enough, I could pull myself in or at least balance the two to get myself back, back up there. And so, so I go, and I, you know, about the third time, I go and, you know, you know, sling the line up, you know, up there to get back up to the boat. And as luck would have it, it spun itself around and hooked on part of the davit cleat. And I was able to pull myself right back up. <laughs> but, oh, no. you know, but it's, you know, it's, you know, I, you know, Captain Ron put it best. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen out there. None of the stuff happens to anybody if they're just sitting at the dock or, you know, sitting at anchor someplace. All the stuff happens out there. And that, you know, being able to face those challenges, you know, head on and, you know, knowing that you have, you know, those, you know, resources and skills in your, you know, in your pocket. Not that this was pure dumb luck. I'll tell you that. This was no skill at all, but it's just dumb luck. But, you know, still, you know, equipped with you know, the skills in order to say, okay, I, number one, I got to get back to the mothership over here. <laughs> I was like, I got to make something happen and make it happen fast. Yes. And that's, and that's, you know, that's all part of it. You learn, you know, to quickly prioritize, say, okay, what has, you know, in order for this, you know, in order for us to fix all this, what do we have to do? One, two, three, four, five. And how quickly do we have to do it? Like yesterday. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you, you have all day long to look back and say, what, what shouldn't I have done? And you know, what, how, what could I have done to make it, you know, make it better? But, you know, it happened. It happened, though. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad you made it back to the mothership. Me too. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's all part of it. <laughs> right. It, it is all part of it. And so that's one of the things that I love about sailing is that we always have all these lessons, these life lessons that extrapolate into other areas too, you know, and, and we learn not only to rely on ourselves, but our crew or whoever the other people are with us, you know, in, in racing sailboats is a very dangerous sport and you've got to, especially if you're going on ocean race, you want to yes. know and trust not only the boat, but the other people involved. And so, um, I don't know, not know what the neighbors above me are doing, but there's very loud banging <laughs> happening. Oh my word. I hope, well, y'all, it's not me or Richie. It's not me or Richie. I don't know. What we promise. I mean, everything in my house just shook. Okay. Anyway, back from the earthquake from upstairs. Uh, <laughs> that was weird. Uh, when I think about crewing and other people and like survival, basically, like you just told a survival story mm -hmm. in, in its own way, even though you were laughing, you'd, if you wouldn't have pulled it off, it was, it was not going to be a very good result. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and because you were by yourself and um, okay. So when we have other people with us and we're having to really pay attention to the welfare of others and, and doing our part in it and all that, what would be... If somebody's listening to us and they're like, yeah, I've always wanted to go sailing, but now these two are scaring me to death. Um, <laughs> yeah, a story or in time where you could say that maybe you learned something or you taught somebody something, either one, that help, helped them see that beauty, that the essence of the sea and the water and how come it calls 
us and other people in a way that we can't even describe in words? Because I know you've had those awe moments. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and that's one of the neat things. I mean, and, and able to, and it, when running charters out of, uh, out of Treasure Island, I mean, we have a multitude of people that some folks have been sailing, uh, sailing before, other folks have not. And they look at uh, my, uh, my staff of cap, uh, captains and crew as the experts in this. And they trust, trust us with our, you know, their skills and the equipment that we have to have a safe and fun experience. And, and, and on a day-to-day basis, I'm able to see, you know, first, you know, just firsthand how, what individual experience everybody has. And sometimes it's as simple as going and sitting up on the foredeck, or sometimes it's, you know, we'll have, you know, our guests come back and take, you know, take the wheel or it's amazing how much, of a uh, release or how people are able, once they get out on the water to be one with nature I and mean, they hear the water up against the hull, they you know, feel the wind and you know, you know, my captains and crew I mean, they, you know, are just as jazzed, if not more so about you know, the entire, uh, about sailing as I am. And so they get up there and say, okay, well, here's the cool thing that we're doing with the jib. If you see those two telltales up there, it's doing this. And this is the, you know, the effect that it has on the boat. And, and so you have folks that are you know, really inclined and to see what's going on physically with the boat. But then we have so many other folks that are out there. They're like, wow, I had no idea how peaceful and how wonderful it is to get out here and be able to see the beach from a completely different perspective that they otherwise have never had, would have had an opportunity to see. Mm-hmm. And I'll get phone calls and text messages or emails you know, from folks that have been on, you know, been on our, you know, just on our, one of our uh, day charters or uh, one of our sunset trips. And they're like, it was life changing that they had never felt, you know, so much, you know, as one with you know, mother nature or hey, they've never seen, you know, such beauty as what, you know, what we were able to provide, you know, on the sailboat. And the sailboat is that vehicle that we're able to, you know, you know, do it with. Right. Oh, yes. That's so true. Yeah. That's I mean, so it's true. And, yeah, you know, you know, a lot of folks, you know, they don't have an opportunity to, um, you know, if they're in a racing environment or whatnot, it's not, it's a very, you know, the racing environment is very fast paced and the, and the charter environment, like I said, it's, you know, people are able to come out and kind of get their feet wet, so to speak, and, you know, see what it's about without any of those other outside pressures. You know, you don't got to go buy a boat to go cruising. You don't have to you know, join a yacht club to go racing. Here's an opportunity. If you just want to see what it's like, you know, then they, you know, they come, you know, come to us and say, wow, you know, this is what it's like, you know, you know, firsthand. It's not, you know, all the work of like they see in the movies or on, uh, or on uh, uh, ESPN, whenever, you know, they're run, you know, running the America's Cup or anything like that. It's like, I'm like, no, it's, it's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. I was like, if you see us running around doing something, we got something major going on and we're probably getting you a life jacket. So, <laughs> but no, it's, it's such a, you know, nice, chill, you know, wonderful environment. And, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, with, you know, television and stuff like that, it really lends its hand to say, you know, you know, sailing, you know, you know, people are going to fall off the boat. People are going to get hit by the boat. That's what television or the movies, you know, portray. And that's not the case. 
I'm, you know, it's totally not the case. And, and when people get out there and have that opportunity to commune with nature and see what it's about, then like I said, it's, you know, you know, the, you know people, you know, it's, you know, life altering. It's yeah. And what, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that it's such a breathtaking spiritual experience that there's really yes. no words for, especially when it's your very first time. That's right. That's you know, right. Like I've seen dolphins a gazillion times and it doesn't matter. Every time I see them, it feels like the first time I still go, oh, <laughs> it does. Oh. Like, it does. It doesn't matter. Um, and same thing with sunsets and sunrises and moonsets and moonrises. There's certain things that I can experience over and over and over and over and over again. And it's still fresh and young and clean and beautiful in that moment, in that particular right. moment. And when somebody gets to experience it for the first time, like as an adult, like the people who come and, and go on a charter with you and you get to be that vehicle, I'm getting goosebumps. You get to I know. be that, that vehicle <laughs> to say, to share this passion. Right. Cause you know what they're about to experience, but they don't. And exactly. Wow. Oh, that's like so inspiring. I mean, I have goosebumps. I'm like, Oh my God. That's like <laughs> Giving me goosebumps. <laughs> it is. It, it, it absolutely is. And it's, you know, it's really neat. It's, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it, it is a controlled environment, but it's, it's also the perfect environment in order for somebody to understand and say, okay, what is this about? This is what it's about. And, and be able to explain to them uh, in an unassuming one-on-one -on -one, say, okay, well, you know, from here, you can do this, or you can do this, and you can go this, or you can, you know, get into racing, you can, you know, take a learn, you know, learn to sail course, if you want to learn more, you know, these are your avenues, and unfortunately, there are not, you know, too many in the area, you know, other, other than going to your sailing schools, or you're going to your yacht clubs, and whatnot, in order to, you know, take that first step to get into it. Right, exactly. Because I sail for Davis Island Yacht Club, and mm -hmm. we um, do our Thursday nights on the summer where we bring on people, anybody who wants to come out and say, crew looking for boat, even if you've never been on a boat, would take people sailing and right. do it on some Sunday races. And so there's a lot of clubs that, that act as ambassadors within their, their mm -hmm. system. Like for us, it's the Thursday night racing. So there's lots of opportunity, but it's not always evident. It's not always obvious when people are looking of all the choices. And so it's a valuable choice to know that they can go to a charter place like you and right. say, I want to have this first experience and ask questions and inquire or not and just sit there and go, wow. Yeah. Um, and it it's is. all okay to have that experience. And so yes, absolutely. That's some of the beauty of our sport. It's like, there's so many options and things and people and situations. It's just amazing. It totally is. And that's one, you know, I, uh, there's, you know, it's, you know, within, you know, within the sailing community, I mean, there's so many different, you know, such a variety of people every, you know, cause you've got everything from, you know, the folks that like to go out just for a couple of days or they just want to do a day sail or they want to, you know, sail, let's say from, you know, from Boca Siega Bay here in St. Petersburg down to Sarasota. And that, that's your adventure. And you know what? That's your adventure. That is their adventure. And that's, you know, we're behind it 100%. Go and do it because, you know, the thing is, you know, with sailing, you know, no matter where your skill level, level is, there's always opportunity to continue to learn, continue to grow. You know, I've been, you know, been sailing for almost 40 years, and there's still things that I learn to this day just because, you know, getting out there and practicing and doing and talking to people. And because everyone's going to have different experiences and everyone has different takeaways from it as well. But there's, you know, you know, within, our, you know, within sailing, you know, you know, there are some folks that they race. 
but that's all they've ever done is race. And so if you get them off of a race course and get them in the middle of Tampa Bay on a cruising boat, that's totally foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And yes. I mean, <laughs> they're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? We don't, you know, we don't know how to navigate. We don't know how to do this, you know, but you put them on a race course and they're awesome on the race course. Right. But you know, that's, there's so it's such a wide variety of, you know, of experiences that people are able to have you know, within the world of sailing. Right. And there's big boats and little boats and some people learn <laughs> as adults one position on one boat and they don't Correct. realize there's lots of things to do. Exactly. Um, I raced on a J35 for a while and, and um, my position was the 35 foot dash, which meant go fix whatever anybody else is doing wrong. <laughs> on that line's board. hung up over there. Go. Yeah, go, go over there, run over here, take, trim that kite, do this, do that, which I love doing because when I was growing up racing boats, big boats, little boats, all boats, um, my parents were racing sailors and right. we were indoctrinated into serving your other sailors, be part of the mm-hmm. race committee, do things to serve everyone. And then of course the rules of sea that you always help out people, but yes. also with the club and things. And we also had to know every single position on every single boat. Well, right. Because that's what it was. That's what it was. I mean, there weren't telltales to tell you about the trim of the sail. You had to know how to tell the trim of the sail. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, there was a whole this, different thing back then. And, and I think it, there's value in that. There's value. Like, there's value in you having to get on that, <laughs> that little yellow styrofoam boat without any instruction <laughs> and figure out what this thing was and how to make it do something. Exactly. Whatever that was going to be. There's value in that. <laughs> exactly. Know? From four years old, you got to figure out the pointy end goes, in, you know, goes forward. And so, <laughs> so that was the goal right there. Right. And then you see your first double ender boat and go, okay, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my word. It's hysterical because I think about those things. And I remember I was on this one race and um, handheld GPSs were in, you know, it was still in, but this older guy who's older, he was doing our handheld GPS on our boat for us. And that was great. But I'm also a navigator and I also have really good eyes. And I've been sailing in Tampa Bay for a long time. Right like probably around like a half a century, like a long time. <laughs> and I know those marks. Right. And I know where they are and I know how they blink and don't, like like the back of my hand, right? Right. And so we're going to one of them. I don't remember which one. And the, per- the person who had the handheld GPS kept telling me how far away from it it was. And about three miles before I said, I see it. I'm steering for it. I see it. I got it. But he was so used to the technology that he never picked his head up to see the beauty of what was going on. Right. And, and to me that in a way I, later on, I said, you know, I was thinking about that and I said to myself that I, I never want that to happen to me. I always want to be in a place where I can pick my head up and experience the beauty and not be so into the technical, how many feet I am away from something that I can see. Right. And I want to exactly. be able to really, enjoy all that it offers the boat the weather whether i'm racing or cruising or doing a fun delivery or you know any of those kinds of things. right exactly and you're reminding me of that when you say that because (laughs) there's so much to you know wide-eyed any person can just go yeah bring it on i want to do that exactly exactly and that's the thing there's there's you know and you know coming from you know you know the charter and cruising background i mean i did my fair share of racing but, you know, for me, I always enjoy, you know, the challenge of, you know, you know, managing the, you know, the multiple systems on the boat much more than I, you know, 
enjoyed, you know, all the tactical aspects of, you know, of the perfect spinnaker set or, you know, you know, the perfect, you know, perfectly timed jibe or anything, you know, anything of that nature. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot more that appealed to me. And that's the neat thing about this entire sport is there's so much stuff that is out there to whatever skill level you want to get yourself to in whichever direction. And that's, you know, that's one thing that really sets, you know, sets sailing apart from just about anything else that's out there. Yeah, that's so true. And, and so many people, erroneously, I believe, have this idea that cruising is a piece of cake. <laughs> no, it's not. And I don't think it is at all. It's not a piece of cake. It's very challenging. Like racing is challenging, just differently challenging. Because you have to know the systems and know what you're doing and tell what weather is going on. And there's so many factors. In exactly. And, and sometimes I hear people say, oh, cruising is boring and slow. I said, well, it's different. But I don't know that boring would be a word that I would put to it. Um, just like racing is different. Um, yes. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's exciting. I mean, you know, well, everything has its moments. But I think the bottom line is really appreciating like where we are and what we're doing and the fact that there is a lot of skill and a lot of proper planning that goes into it. So if you're going to take people out on a charter boat and you're licensed and it's your business, behind the scenes of that beautiful experience for those people, Oh my gosh, there's a thousand things that are going on. <laughs> right. There's a ton of work. There's a ton mm -hmm. of boat maintenance. There's a ton of knowledge. There's a ton of things happening so that those people can have an experience that is beautiful and wonderful and memorable where you get those emails and they leave with a life-altering experience. Exactly. Exactly. So when you look at your entire sailing life, your tie all your experiences, racing, cruising, delivering, and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. What what would you say would be the experience that you came away with with that had taught you the most? Or you look back and go, that nailed it. It really taught me something so powerful that changed my life or really moved me. Ah, uh, it, it. I tell you, it's that's a. That's a, that's a tough question. It really is because, you know, cumulatively, I mean, it's, it's all those small little moments combined and there's, it's really difficult to, you know, have, you know, one special moment that you know, is, uh, is, you know, that makes it all, you know, tie together just because there's, you know, there's, you know, you don't necessarily have that aha moment. You've got all these neat, you know, you know, thousands upon thousands of little moments of, you know, everything from, you know, seeing the green flash to, you know, you know, being able to say, okay, you know, how, yeah, how good am I still at my celestial navigation? Can I still figure out and get myself within a mile of myself here? You know, and can I do this? You know, am I still able to? It's not, like I said, it's not one definitive moment in that one instant it's cool. it's all those little ones you're like you know the little you know i did it oh check that out isn't that cool or oh, yeah we yeah we made it through and did you know got through a storm or you know we did this or you know it's just it's not one it's 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 a lifetime of having all those small moments that you know that bring it really bring it all together yeah that's cool i love it it's true and it's sometimes when you have to use a skill, like you mentioned celestial navigation, that you haven't used in a while, and you can pull it off. It's like, yes, the neurons still fire. I can still right. do it. 
I can still math well. <laughs> All righty then. Okay, good. This is good. Because see, some of the newer sailors only know GPS. And, exactly. And if that electronics go out, they go south. They don't know what to do. Exactly. And I know what to do. Exactly. You know what to do because there's proper planning in some of those situations that it's just we need to appreciate about our sport. Right. Right. And that's and it, and that you know that lends its hands to there's so many different pieces you know pieces of the puzzle and you know so much you know so many different skills that you know there are very few people that are out there that that have the whole full you know skill set you know that's required. I mean it's you know for most folks you you know they have they're good in certain areas mm-hmm. and other folks are deficient you know maybe in one of them as well uh, you know i wish i was you know great at every you know every bit of, every aspect of you know aspect of you know, sailing and i single hand a lot for a good reason <laughs> <laughs> not not that i don't, you know, not that crew don't like me but you know but you know i you know so are you know, saying I, you're a loner I'm not saying I'm a loner either. <laughs> okay. So what are you no, saying? No, it's because I, you know, because what I, what I got used to growing up, you know, I was always single-handing. And so, you know, single-handing a Hobie 16 all the way up to, you know, Whitby 42, that was, you know, second nature. It was just, you know, about planning and figuring stuff out and, you know, what, what do I need, you know, what do I need to do? Where do I need to, you know, focus, you know, you know, focus skill and, and where do I need to, you know, what do I need to work on a little bit more? And so it was all about, you know, hands-on management rather than say you go do this you know Mm, right and so and so having single-handed for so long that's what you know whenever i have whenever we're doing charters with crew i always have to remind myself okay richie you can't you you don't need to do everything you know yeah (laughs) there's other people there with that extra set of hands and they're perfectly capable of doing it right and they want to do it and and that's valuable because in, in some situations it you know we need to be able to rely on the other people on the boat that are right. our crew and the people that are doing it with us. And we also need to know, you know, how to step in or how to, how to manage all that. There's so <laughs> many factors in, in that. And being a woman racing, a lot of times I've had people try to back me up when they didn't need to back me up. Right. I'd say, take care of yourself. I got this. I need help. I'll ask you, but probably I don't. Um, one of the greatest things my brother used to say to people when we were in high school and stuff and the guys we try to trim and were racing and they were going slow. He would say, my sister can do it better than you. And suddenly they got better. You bring your, bring it back all these fun memories of things like they're popping in my head. Um, <laughs> so well, there's a lot of people out there listening who are seasoned sailors, but there's also people listening to this podcast who are curious about our lessons and the lore and what it's all about like who are all of these weird goofy sailing people and the show has all kinds on it oh yes so so there's people listening to you who totally are relating to us who are thinking these two are goofy and then there's the people who are listening to us are curious like huh i've been listening to this show and i'm listening to these people and i might want to step my foot into this a little bit i might want to explore this a little bit to those people those new soon to be bitten by the sailing bug people, <laughs> what would you say to them? Go out, do it, read about it, immerse yourself into it, you know, pick up a book, pick up a magazine, find a boat, reach out to folks that are at, you know, that are at the local marinas or yacht clubs, you know, get that boat. Once you get that boat, continue to build those skills 
go out sailing, go practice, just go out there and do it. Cause you know, you said uh, uh, almost 40 years of doing this. I still walk away with new skills every single time. I mean, sailing is an intuitive process process. It's very much like music. The more you practice your skill, the more you do it, the more you're going to learn and the better that you're going to get at it. I mean, nobody came, you know, started out as perfect, you know, you and I, and we've just had enough time to do it for so long and have that hands-on experience. If you're starting out fresh, it's going to be clumsy. It's going to be cumbersome. That's all part of it. We were all there. We were just having to be, you know, you and I, you know, young kids, when that was, that, was, that was perfect, perfectly fine. But no, I mean, as an adult, you know, going on your first time and you want to get into sailing, then do it, you know, learn about it. You know, reach out to people, reach out, you know, to people in your local sailing communities. There's some, uh, if, you know, whether you be on, you know, the coastal waters or if you're inland on the lakes, there's tons, you know, tons of marinas out there, wonderful sailing clubs, wonderful yacht clubs. And believe it or not, they really want, the folks that are members there are more than happy to tell you everything that they know about sailing and they'll, and they'll try it. Yes. And they'll want to you know, point you in the right direction. And this is, you know, a long time ago, it, it was it was an elitist activity, and more and more over the last thirty years, it has become so much of a mainstream culture, and there's nothing off-putting about you know, about about the sport or the activity at all. And there are so many people that just want it, want more people to get into it, such as myself. Right, and I think that those of us, especially those of us who are seasoned. I think you're, you're saying a sentiment that I hear over and over. We really want to invite people into our world and to teach them everything we know that they can handle or whatever it is. Like we really want to be the ambassadors and invite people into our world. So listen to what Richie just said, you guys, if you're really curious about all this, or you maybe you've only raced little boats and you want to try cruising or, or you've had some experience, you want something different. Listen to what he says. Cause you know, I think he's speaking some truth from a lot of experience that there are every, any club you go to. Whenever I go to a town, I look for where the masts are and I go down to that sailing place, wherever it is, and I just start walking around. And usually I wear a nude shirt or something that says I'm a sailor. So they kind of know because I'm introverted. So I don't jump out just as quick as maybe an extrovert word would. But pretty soon I'm having a blast of a conversation. And sailors everywhere want to be like that to even the new people and especially new people. So if you're listening to Richie and you're going, wow, I want to learn about that stuff. And then I'm going to put Richie's contact information in the show notes for his business. So if you're in the Tampa Bay area and you want to charter a boat, I know the guy for you. <laughs> and if you want to talk to him, maybe and contact him and ask more questions, then feel free to do that because he's an ambassador for the sport. And he is somebody who graciously has volunteered his time here to answer all of my goofy questions and, <laughs> and be part of Sailing Legends because it's such a valuable part of our sailing heritage. So before we close the show, Richie, is there anything that you wanted to say or you're thinking about that would be cool to say that we didn't cover, related or unrelated to what I said, it doesn't matter, um, so that when we're all done, we both feel, ah, that was perfect. Oh. Guys, if you're out there listening, just go sailing. Let's go sailing. Let's do it. See what it's about. Come be a part of this magic that we have on the water. Every single opportunity that we have, get a chance to go out. You know, I invite you to do it. Please, by all means, do it. Go out. Go sailing. So the only answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Do it. 
thank you, Richie, so much for being on the show with me today and, and taking care of all of these amazing questions. Thank you for having me. Okay, everybody, remember that when we're sailing, we want to have fair winds and following seas. And until the next episode of Sailing Legends Podcast, this is Diane Allen wishing you well, wishing you happiness, and wishing you a beautiful breeze. Until next time.